मिल बिज मिल बुल बुल बिज मिल मत मिल मत मिल गुल थे मत मिल Welcome to an American's Guide to Bollywood. Today we're talking about Hidden, an adaptation of Hamlet set against the backdrop of Kashmir and Hamlet in the 90s. Dil dhad gaye, dil dil dhad gaye, to dhad gaye dil bhi har kute dil hoti hai. Khushboo-e gul mein ishq bhara hai. Mat mil, mat mil, gul se mat mil, hai gul gul bismil. Mat mil, mat mil, gul se mat mil, hai gul. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the second in our Shakespeare series. Yes. Also by Vishal Bardfaj. And another really great movie by him, obviously. It's so good. I mean, um, all the same good things. Great acting, great cinematography. Yeah. And a really good understanding of the play. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's... Again, the ways that he chooses to portray parts of the play and certain characters is so interesting and so well done. Especially since this movie is also really about what life was like in Kashmir in the 90s mm-hmm. when the terrorism was really bad. So yeah, for- so it's, hard, it's harder to watch than the other one for sure, probably than any of the other movies in this series. Right. Maybe than any of the other ones we've ever done, because it's really hard to see a situation like that. So for people that don't know, Kashmir and Jammu is an area that's been fought over between Pakistan and India. And the worst of it seemed to be in the 90s when uh, terrorism was really bad because it wasn't just India and Pakistan and like sometimes China for the northern bit, but also their own desire for, like eventually their own desire for independence from either of the two countries. And this is what's portrayed here, but it's basically, you know, in some areas, a pipeline for kids into weapons training and terrorism and all of this stuff. So there's a whole section in the movie which really has no parallel in the play because they don't actually know whether his father, who's been taken by the military, is alive or dead. Mm -hmm. And that's really more about what was going on in Kashmir at the time. Yeah, the constant limbo. And this has happened and is happening still in so many countries. But the constant limbo that you live in when you no one will even tell you what happened to the person that they took. Yeah, those half-widow mm-hmm. signs, you know. Yeah, exactly. A lot of this exploration of the terrorism fed into the revenge, getting revenge. It's like one of the characters says, when two elephants fight, it is the grass who gets trampled. Yeah, <clears throat> and there is a couple of times when the quote, uh, true freedom lies beyond revenge, is said. Mm-hmm. So... This takes a much harder line than Shakespeare ever did in Hamlet, that mm-hmm. revenge is bad. And of course, in the play, once the revenge is done, Fortinbras comes in and that's going to be the end of it. Mm-hmm. But in this, any revenge that any character takes is going to lead to another character taking revenge. And then that will just keep expanding beyond the actual cast we're given. Mm-hmm. So, and we can see that's that's how they've wound up in this situation in the first place, and that's what's going to continue unless something changes. Yeah. So I think that's a really 
a really great way to tie in some of the themes of Hamlet in with the situation of the setting he chose. Absolutely. But this also doesn't shy away from a lot of the terrorism stuff that's going on, especially when we see Mm -hmm. when we do eventually see what happens to the father. And so neither side is portrayed as being heroic. The terrorists and the, the Indian military are both portrayed as as basically on the same level of immorality. Yeah, and I think that's uh, really important. Yeah. Yeah. The other interesting thing they did was that religion wasn't really an issue. So normally in movies with terrorism as a major theme, you get a lot of stuff about Hindus versus Muslims Mm -hmm. or uh, Hindus that are saying, but see, Muslims aren't all this bad because... This token Muslim that we have here <laughs> on the police force or in our group or whatever, they're not for these things. Exactly. So it winds up being more of an issue. And in this situation, he just kind of changed that by the fact that everyone's Muslim. Yeah. And uh, at one point, you know, someone's even asked, are you Sunni or Shia? And he's like, it doesn't matter. And it yeah. doesn't. I mean, you know, it, sure, it matters for the nuts and bolts of which which thing you're doing and what whatever. But like. It doesn't matter. Once you pick up a gun, you know, that's what matters. And that's what they're showing in this movie. And that situation had devolved beyond any sort of religious context. Sure, sure. yeah. It, it wasn't important for the moment they were in right then anyway. But, right. yeah, it, they almost never even bring up religion at all. No, there's that's how little it matters. Right. There's religion going on. There's prayers sure. and stuff. But that's just part of life. It's not meant to be any mm-hmm. sort of commentary. All of that is really interesting. And if you're interested in that situation, this is a great movie to watch. And it's probably the only way I ever would have watched a movie that really showed what how bad it was in the area at the time. Yeah, not, this wasn't even really about that. And I could still barely watch this. Yeah. I, it's it's just hard to watch. And it's not gruesome. It's not horrifying. It Because I, I wouldn't be able to watch something like that anyway. But it's definitely a hard R. Like if this was released right. in America. This is a movie for adults. Yeah. A lot of people die. And they do address things like torture and people being disappeared and terrorism. All of that stuff. Yeah. So in this adaptation... Hater is the name of Hamlet. His father is a doctor mm-hmm. who gets involved with some terrorists, mostly, it seems, through his desire to give treatment. adequate treatment, treatment to, to everybody. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's treating a really high up guy in a terrorist organization, and he's having to do it secretly. There's all these, you know, crackdowns. You see it's a routine that whenever they they do the call, all the men in the village have to come out of the house and with their ID and then they'll search houses. It might take all day, but he doesn't care. He which his wife, Taboo, is super mad about that. He doesn't care enough about the possible consequences to not treat this guy that he said he's on life's side. He doesn't have a side. Yeah. Hater's uncle is a lawyer, so Claudius in the play, mm-hmm. is a lawyer who is a lawyer for the families of people who have gone missing, essentially. But he's got his finger in a lot of pies. Serious criticism of those people as well. <laughs> yeah. Because this guy is 
solidly in bed with the government. Yes. And who is disappearing people. Right. Like he's helping to disappear people. And he does soon move into politics, especially like once his brother has disappeared, he used that as a platform to get into politics. Mm -hmm. We also have Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are played by... Salman and Salman. Yes. Two men named Salman who are obsessed with Salman Khan. That's right. They've got his 90s hair... They uh, do nothing all day except giggle unnervingly and uh, watch his films and do his little dances. Because they work in a video store also. Exactly. Uh, and I thought that was great. That was that amazing. just a great choice. Because <laughs> they're basically great. the only comic relief in the entire movie. They are. And they don't go overboard with it. No. Ophelia is Arisha? Arishia? I feel like they were saying Arsha. Arsha? Yeah. I don't know how it was said, but... She works in journalism. Right. Her father is a police chief. Okay, that's what that's what he was. Or some higher level policeman. Who would have been Polonius. Yes. And her brother... Laertes. He has left the country. Yeah, he leaves the country soon. It's very similar to the way it is in the play. He leaves yeah. the country early on and he only comes back after yeah. um, Polonius has been killed. His name's Lucky. So those are kind of the big, like, role replacements. And uh, I do want to talk real quick about the performances of some of these people. I mean, Shahid Kapoor mm -hmm. played Hater. Yeah, he was so good. And he was amazing. This is by far the best part I've ever seen him in. It absolutely is. And he still had a great dance number. And oh, I, my gosh. I was like... I'm sure that no one in this movie is going to address this after this is done. But was anyone else surprised? Did y'all all know that he could dance like this? Maybe he that was part of his unspoken history was what a great dancer he was. Maybe so. We don't know what he got into when he was a kid. Street dancing. That's what it was. Yeah. Taboo is the queen slash Hamlet's mother. I mean, obviously, she's not a queen in this. Right. She was really given a lot more attention in this movie than she's normally given in the play. Which makes sense for an Indian movie that his mother would have a huge part, especially when you get an actress of the quality of Taboo. Mm -hmm. uh, she's amazing in anything I've ever seen her in, but this really, this is one of those parts that had so much ambiguity in the way you could play it. Mm -hmm. And she definitely plays with that. You don't know what she's thinking in a lot of the movie. You don't know mm -hmm. kind of until the end what she has or hasn't been responsible for, how she feels about particular characters in the play. You do know early on that Hater is her, like, one focus in life. Right, exactly. And that is just confirmed throughout it. But there's a lot of other things that are just left up to her performance. And she does a really good job. Yeah, there is a lot of nuance in it. Yeah, she's really subtle, but at the same time dramatic. The girl that played Ophelia also... Shraddha Kapoor. Mm -hmm. She did a good job. She Ophelia, yeah, Ophelia, I think, is a difficult part. And I think she made the descent into madness believable. Oh, she did. She was really good at that. But she has just enough fragility and innocence in the beginning that you can believe after everything that happens to her and to her loved ones that she would be in the state she's in. Yeah. So I thought that was really well done. Yeah. We also get a cameo from Irfan Khan, who plays a character yeah. named Rudar. So this is the ghost. Yeah. It's his father's In the play, ghost. it's Hamlet's ghost. The King, King Hamlet's ghost. Right. Uh, not Prince Hamlet. And 
Uh, we'll talk more about that character later because I think the way they chose to do that was just really interesting and it played so well into what they were trying to say about revenge and everything. I just mm-hmm. really liked that. But yeah. he, Same. of course, did an amazing job. He's walking around with a bad leg and a blind eye and all in white, mm-hmm. just being eccentric and slightly crazy. I mean, he did a great job, of course. And he's really one of the most memorable characters in the movie even though he's not in a lot of it and that's so interesting that you bring up that he's not in a lot of it because it feels like he was yeah but thinking back he really wasn't yeah but he does i mean just knocks it out of the park yeah i mean all the characters did a really good job he's a really good director so he got really good Mm -hmm. performances out of all of his actors but those i just felt like were the standout they really were people Mm -hmm. and this is also a very directed hamlet Yes. Sometimes Hamlet gets played to be, like, really mopey and, like, angsty kind of teenage feel. This is not that. Like, he is very purposeful and he is fueled by rage. Yeah, he's going to find his father. He's so angry at his mother and uncle before he even knows if his father is dead or not. Yes. Yeah, he's not undirected in this at all. So, as we said, this is definitely a movie for adults. Mm, Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I would say it was an intermediate movie just because of... How, like, this never would be. I don't think this is a movie I would show a first-time watcher just because of how intense it is. This is a super intense movie. So, yeah, it's also kind of complicated. And if you don't, it's easier to keep track of complicated plots if you recognize actors and you can, like, keep track of who they are and what they're doing better. That's definitely true because there were times when I wasn't able to recognize Claudia. Yeah, same. And so I think that that would be hard if you haven't really seen a lot of Indian movies. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, like, Irfan Khan and Tabu and um, Shahid Kapoor. Well, Shahid Kapoor is recognizable, but still. Yeah. All these people. But K.K. Menon is the guy who I had trouble recognizing. And mm-hmm. that was because I hadn't seen him as much as the other actors. I haven't seen him in anything except this. <clears throat> I don't know if I have, honestly. I may have. Oh, the other thing we should talk about, of course, are the musical numbers. Mm-hmm. The musical numbers in this share the same intensity that the rest of the movie has. They're not re- they're not breaks from it. They yeah. are just different expressions of it, but they're so good. Yeah. The music, both the soundtrack and the score are so good and they're so pretty. And the choreography. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the song that the Gravediggers are singing was so good. Oh, yeah. So evocative. And the, the choreography that they're doing, and they're like, they're three old men. Yeah, it's really simple, but really effective. Yeah, it is. Especially by that point in the movie, there's a bleakness there where mm-hmm. that song just completely captures it. Yeah. The same is true with the play within a play, which, of course, in this case, is not a play. It's, an, it's exactly. a dance performance. Yeah. Uh, which... Is the one you were mentioning earlier with Shade Kapoor mm-hmm. doing. Uh, that was just, I mean, the first time I watched it, I was like, it was worth it just to see this. Oh, it definitely is. The whole and movie's you, amazing, but this is, like, so great. Yeah, if you didn't like the rest of the movie, that would still be worth it. I will mention that if you haven't seen the movie yet, the play within a play uses the story of uh, birds and a garden. So one of the things you might want to keep an eye out for uh, when watching are images or mentions of birds or flowers in it. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be part of the imagery of the film. Which we will talk about more after our break when we're talking about spoilers. 
So I was actually surprised at how little over the top bird and flower imagery there is, considering it is the basis for the the play within play metaphor. Mm-hmm. But I think it kind of drew it drew more focus to what there was. Yeah. So in the flashback, for instance, when Hater's remembering his parents when he was younger, mm-hmm. his father is singing a song about the Garden of Life. And interestingly, the other huge use of flowers is in Ophelia's costuming. She is almost always wearing something with flowers pretty prominently on it. She has a purse with flowers mm-hmm. on it. She has a bracelet with flowers on it. A lot of the time her tops have flowers on them. And I just think that's really interesting in the story of flowers getting poisoned by the bird of prey. Mm -hmm. It it almost gives this idea of, for one thing, that she would be the source of Hater having what his parents had when he was young, right? Right. This idea of this would be his garden of life if it was ever allowed to come about. Mm -hmm. But she is the most innocent character. Like, she's the biggest victim in Hamlet. Yeah. And so this idea that she's a flower that ultimately gets poisoned by the birds of prey that are around her, I think that was really subtly done through the use of that metaphor. Wow, no kidding. It really is. I just think that's a really beautiful image for Ophelia, who gets, you know, a tough rap mm, in any really version does. of the play. Yeah, she really does. The For the birds of prey, there are quotes. There's a quote. By the grandfather, Hater's grandfather. I assume mm. it's his biological grandfather and not some sort of term of respect because he seems to live in the same house as his uncle. Yeah. We don't see no, him a lot. I, I do think <laughs> that that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't see him a lot. But what he says relatively early in the movie is, these are dark times. Birds of prey circle above. Kites grab sparrows and falcons feast on nightingales. And that last one, fountains... Falcons Feast on Nightingales. That's the song that he sings. That's the yeah, story he sings. Exactly. But he's talking about cashmere in general. And it's interesting that Hadar is so focused on only his own situation that he can't even see how it's a microcosm of everything that's happening in cashmere. No, no. He, and that's, I think, true of Hamlet in general. Like he can never see past what he is thinking about. To oh. see how anything will affect anything else. Yeah. And, you know, even in in Shakespeare, like, so many people die because mm-hmm. of the choices that he makes. And that's one of the great ironies, of course, in this movie is when he's talking to his mother. Mm-hmm. And he says, do we always have to see everything from your perspective? Sometimes try seeing things from someone else's perspective. And yeah. that's said by hater. Which he never does. And he's like, you use emotional blackmail all the time. And then we see when she did that. And it was like, oh, to keep you from going across the border for weapons training and becoming a militant? Yeah. How maybe, dare she? <laughs> maybe justified. Yeah. No, totally. And of course, the great irony of the movie is that it doesn't even matter that she got her son out of that situation. Right. Because it all wound up in the same place. And, and yeah. it's not even her fault. I mean, no, I feel it isn't, like it isn't her fault. Yeah. I feel like there's people who will inevitably blame her because hater blames her. Yeah. But it wasn't her fault. She did what she was supposed to. And actually it was, you can, you can blame one of two people in this situation. You can either say it was the uncle's fault mm-hmm. or the death of his father find it hard. I find it hard to believe anyone could successfully shift 
least part of the blame off of him, but go ahead. <laughs> well, because I would actually argue that it was the fault of his own father. Well, partly, but the uncle made a lot of choices that... Right, but the reason he was arrested is because he was involved with things he shouldn't have been involved in. He was helping terrorists, and for the best possible reason. But, you know, Hater's mother was right. Yeah. When she, she said, you, what about Hater? Like, you haven't thought about the consequences this can have past you. And, yeah, this is actually probably a really good time to talk about what happens to Hater's father. Mm-hmm. Because he gets taken off to a prison camp, and this is what we're told by Rudar, which the the word Ru means, like, spirit. Right. So he's meant to be the ghost. All mm-hmm. Everything he says... I mean, he says, I'm the soul of the doctor. He mm-hmm. talks about how they were bound together like body and soul. Yeah. It's, it's very obvious what he's well, saying. Well, he's the one who says, hey... You, your uncle killed your father and you have to get revenge on Exactly. Him. You have to kill your uncle, which yeah. is what Hamlet's father says in the play. Yeah. And so we see his father in interrogation facilities where mm-hmm. torture is happening and he's part of all of this, along with his cellmate, Rudar. And the ghost here is just as inhuman as the ghost in the play is, mm-hmm. right? This... In this, he's meant to be super symbolic. And I feel like you can tell by the way he talks that that's the case. Yeah. Um, even, I mean, there's never any suggestion that he's not real. No. You know? No. But because, you know, tons of people see him and talk to him and interact with him. But, like, the way he talks is so symbolic. You could almost believe that he was a figment of somebody's imagination. Yeah, absolutely. And he has this quote, which is just, this is when he's asked if he's a Shia or a Sunni. Mm-hmm. This quote that says, I am the river, the Jalum and the Chinar, which are a river and a tree in in Kashmir. I am both a temple and a mosque, a Shia, Sunni, and a Hindu as well. I was, I am, and I always will be. And that's the point when you realize that this ghost, it's not actually the soul of the doctor. Mm -hmm. He's the soul of Kashmir. Yeah. And the doctor has adopted this soul of Kashmir. The doctor who in the beginning said, I'm on the side of life. After his time in prison, he has now fully adopted the soul of Kashmir, which is one of violence and revenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just so well done to say that without having to, you know, give a long speech about it. Um, yeah. Just using that character of the ghost, mm-hmm. making him into this sort of symbolic character who still you totally believe like he's a terrorist. You see him, you know, making suicide vests and stuff. Sure, sure. But to have him be so symbolic, and I love this, like, I'm not a, you know, Shia, I'm a Shia, Sunni, and a Hindu. Like, it doesn't even matter at this point. It's beyond religion. It's beyond anything. This is just what Kashmir is. Right. And this is, if you stay in Kashmir long enough, if you get tangled up in this, this is what you'll be too. And it won't matter any specifics about what you are. And that's what happened to Hater. He still had ties Mm -hmm. to Kashmir and that pulled him back in. Right. Because the doctor became that after, you know, months of interrogation or however long it was, weeks, months of interrogation. Yeah. And it's what happened to Hader through the death of his father. And this is the true freedom lies beyond revenge. This is the fact that none of them, neither of them, I should say, could look past the wrongs that were done to them. Right. And let let it go and either leave Kashmir or look to 
make Kashmir a better, more peaceful place. Yeah. Instead of just getting revenge. Mm, I don't know. It's so interesting because I feel like usually people either go so far off of Shakespeare's original plays that it's very, very loose and there's not a lot of resemblance Mm -hmm. or they stick to it religiously. Yeah. And this is such a great balance. Yeah. And for the birds of prey metaphor, before we see the ghost, Mm -hmm. immediately before we're introduced to that character, we see a shot of birds of prey flying in the sky and then landing in a tree. And it's, as as far as I noticed, the only shot exclusively of birds in the whole movie. Yeah. So just in case you're wondering, like, <laughs> the ghost is not good news. The, go- the ghost isn't going to be helpful to this situation. The yeah. ghost is the bird of prey that's circling and attacking the nightingale. And in this case, the nightingale's attacking is, it's not Gertrude, it's Hamlet. Yeah, exactly. He literally... Has someone hand him a gun and be like, this is the safety. Mm-hmm. Just shoot, shoot your father, uh, shoot your father's killer at point blank range. Yeah. And he can't see it. I mean, this is him not being able to see anything from anyone else's perspective. He sees what happens to his mother and he doesn't see when it happens to him. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about symbolism, shall we also talk about Ophelia's scarf? Oh, yes. The red scarf that she knits. Yes. For Polonius. She, we see her knitting it early in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it almost becomes just a symbol for her mental state. I mean, yes. she gives it to her father as a present. Mm-hmm. Which, and she, this is right before she basically chooses her loyalty to her father over Hamlet. And she, I don't think she, she, doesn't she realizes realize it. She's so naive that she believed her father when he said, we just have to help Hamlet. So you have to tell me everything. When he really just wants to know where Rudar is and she entrusts her mental state to him and then he destroys it. And Hater sees it as a betrayal by Ophelia. Yes. And Ophelia later realizes that it's a betrayal. But this is the moment when she chooses her loyalty. She gives her scarf to her father. Mm-hmm. Her and father then, then the used to tie Hater's hands when they're arresting him. Yeah. And then when he escapes, after rather brutally killing the Salmons. Yes. It's left in the snow outside of the burnt house of Hater's mother and father. He's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he meets his mother there. But this idea that he leaves the scarf outside in the cold when he's going back to where this all began mm-hmm. is like so symbolic of how he's so betrayed by Ophelia. He leaves this symbol of her out in the snow. Yeah. But once again, this symbol of her leads to a betrayal of him. Right. Because that's what her father sees and realizes that he's in the house Mm -hmm. and comes to arrest her. And this is what leads to his undoing. Right. Because Hater shoots him. Then Ophelia gets the scarf back. And after her father's funeral... Is just unpicking it and unraveling her sanity. And in the final place we see it, the unraveled yarn is lying strewn over her as she's holding a gun in bed. And that's the last we see of her or the scarf. Right. Well, I guess we see her corpse. We do see her corpse. At the funeral when when Hamlet's hugging it or when Hater's clutching it to him. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm in truly amazed sometimes by how much this movie was able to really 
closely follow the story of Hamlet. I mean, it has all the beats. Like, Laertes comes back after the death of his father with the intent of getting vengeance, Mm -hmm. which, again, this is exactly what Hamlet's doing, right? This is exactly what Hader did, but, you know, we all see our own cause is more just than the person next to us who's doing the exact same thing. Exactly. He even confronts Claudius, the uncle. I don't remember his name in the movie, but the uncle over where... Where Hater is. Oh, I know. He's I like, mean, this is your this fault. Is so Hater, so I can kill him. Right. This is so close to the play. Mm-hmm. And yet it is, it really stands on its own two feet. This, this is definitely a remake or a reinterpretation, but it doesn't feel like a reinterpretation of Hamlet. No, it doesn't because it so faithfully hits all of the themes. And it feels so natural to its setting, mm-hmm. like the time and place it's set in. Yes. Uh, it's, it's definitely making a commentary other than, like, beyond just what Hamlet was. It's just really well done. I mean, even the the to be or not to be speech. Yeah. Which they actually change. They make allusions to it, but they change it. Hater's in bed with Ophelia, and he's actually talking about whether he should believe his uncle or whether he should right. believe Rudar. Because in this movie... He doesn't doubt whether, obviously, he doesn't doubt whether the ghost is really the ghost of his father or, like, a demon, which is kind of what's in the original play. Instead, he Mm -hmm. doubts his uncle gives him a version of the story of his father's death that blames Rudar for doing it. So that's the purpose of that he betrayed him. Right, is whether he should believe his uncle or Rudar. And so that's the to be or not to be speech becomes that. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of those movies where there's just so much you could talk about. This is just broad strokes, some of the major imagery and some of the major character arcs that are in it. There's so much. And yeah. it's two hours and 40 minutes. So and not, it really uses the time well. Well, that's the thing. So that's not that long for an Indian movie. This is going to sound bad, but it isn't. It feels long, but it feels long because there's so much happening and it's kind of a heavy movie. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel too long. It feels exactly right. But you're yeah. just sitting there in it. But they pack a lot into it. I mean, I didn't even mention this use of the scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we come to this movie, it's uh, in the autumn. Mm-hmm. When we end this movie, it is in the dead of winter. Yes. All life has been stripped away and everything's covered in very stark snow. I mean... Yes, and if you know anything about cashmere... Yeah, that's a really extreme winter. And it is really beautiful. I mean, I can understand why there is a tourism trade in Kashmir. Oh my gosh, it's it's so pretty. Even through the lens of this movie, it's so pretty. And they actually talk at the end of the movie. They say this was actually filmed in Kashmir. There were no interruptions. Things have gotten better there. They have gotten better. They got worse again a little bit. There was a yeah. So in 2019, their protected mm-hmm. state was removed, and things happened that made people unhappy there. But as a just a slight illustration that you know the state of things does continue, one of the actors in this movie was actually killed in militant fighting in 2018, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Shahid Kapoor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. no. No, one of the local actors, uh, I'm sure. But this movie is also saying, like, Kashmir is 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 not a bad place. Don't think of it as this, you know, cesspool of terrorism and mm-hmm. and things. They're saying, you know, tourism was up to, like, 140 million, now over 35 million. And 
Right. Cashmere can change. And yeah. part of what we're shown in this movie is that it's going to be up to individuals making the choice. And that it is not going to gonna be easy. reject violence. Yes. And so what did you think about the ending of this movie? This is actually a huge deviation from the original play. In the it original is. play, everyone dies but Horatio. Horatio is not a character in this. This is such a huge statement for an Indian movie to make that revenge is bad and you can walk away from avenging your father's murder of all things. I think that's one of the biggest statements that they could possibly make. We get Hater right up to the point where he's going to kill his uncle. His and legs his have already been blown off. Anyway. They, well, you know what's funny is I was actually thinking about whether his uncle would die. So both of his legs have been blown off by... Queen Gertrude's suicide bomb, where really uh, we've switched poison for grenades here. But <laughs> I guess that's true. You but it is that. cold enough there. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. So I was like, it's cold enough there that it could slow the blood flow enough that maybe he could survive. They found him in time. Yeah. It does feel a little bit like this movie's trying to have its cake and eat it too. I, I think that is true because I think it really would be a bridge too far for an Indian audience, especially. To see nothing happen to Claudius. Right. Although, let me just say, it's not nothing. I don't think, I don't know that he really loved uh, Taboo. He really seemed to, actually. I mean, he, he seemed to with her really hardcore. care about her. Though. And I will say there's no other reason. He, he never had to marry her. He got absolutely, in this version of it, he got nothing out of marrying her. There was no political stability that he got. Because, no, you all know, of his political and power and monetary gain came from informing on his brother. So yes. he didn't need to marry her for that. And he was hardcore flirting with her before the death of oh, his he brother. Really, he, he was really super inappropriate. Her. Yeah. But even before she, you know, had a suicide bomb, she wasn't going to be worth being married to at that point like she knew that what he she knew what he did he was never going to be happy again i mean it's all this stuff mm -hmm. like he's been found out yeah and he can't be happy with her so he was going to get punished anyway i realize that's not like, and he was suffering from guilt that's she, made obvious yes yes he was um so he he was going to be punished anyway obviously not a ton uh, obviously not what you should be punished for, for murder, but yeah, they definitely wanted to have it like, oh, well, he might die. He's probably going to die anyway. He lost his legs and everything. Mm -hmm. So even if Hader doesn't pull the trigger, he's still being super duper punished. Yeah. I just think it would have been too hard for Indian audiences to accept it otherwise. Yeah. And really, mm -hmm. of course, the choices that Hamlet chooses to not pull the trigger. And more than what happens, whether uh, his uncle is adequately punished, is, I think for this movie, less important than the fact that Hater shows that he can change and rise above. That's really true. And it's, again, it is such a powerful message. Yeah. Now, what what's going to happen to Hater after this? Who freaking knows? Like, he was going to join some terrorists, but that seems to be off the table. His yeah. entire family and his girlfriend's been well, killed. Well, the terrorists were still interested in him after this. They said to the gravediggers, the boy has to live above all else. Oh, I know. But he seems like he's walking away from the whole yes. situation. Yes, that is true. Yeah. So. I, I do think that he would just walk away. Whether he can mm -hmm. is a Huge question mark because he has murdered a lot of people and a lot of people know about it. But but it does show, I think, for the, the theme of this movie, it does give it a sense of optimism mm -hmm. that I think you would need looking at the situation in Kashmir. Yeah, you definitely would. Oh, my gosh. I could just talk about this movie all day. <laughs> it's so good. 
But uh, our next movie is going to be a lot lighter, even though it's also a tragedy. I mean, to be fair, basically every movie is lighter after this. <laughs> it's impossible. How could they not be? <laughs> I know. It's impossible to be as heavy as this movie. But this is a, an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. It's called Ron Lila. I mean, you'll find it just if you look for Ron Lila. The actual name is, like, much longer, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. But it is by Sanjay Lila Bansali, who we've seen two of his movies already, Pop and Thought and Bajiro Mastani. And like his other movies, this stars Ron Piercing and Topeka. This is... Not as faithful. And it is, especially in the last part, <clears throat> it takes a lot of liberties with the story, but I think it does it I in a way. For Romeo and Juliet. Well, that's the thing is I'm actually not a huge, surprisingly, I'm not actually a huge Romeo and Juliet fan. I never really have been. Me either. But I think the changes it makes still sets it in this context of what is your responsibility to your own feelings of you know, love for someone mm-hmm. versus the responsibility you have for the family unit that you were in. Well, good. I'm sick of it being billed as some kind of great love story because it's... Oh, this is 100% billed as a great love story. But to be fair, this is one of the movies where I've actually understood why Romeo and Juliet love each other. That's really great. So... I'm excited yeah, to see that. For that alone, I feel like it deserves a lot of props. All right. That movie is available on Amazon, on Hulu, and for rent other places. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.